Barry, thank you for joining us on this beautiful rainy afternoon. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, definitely rainy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing about the 30 miles an hour for a long time, and then it went down to five. <laughs> it's like, it's going to take a long time to get there. Well, we're safe. We're, we're happy that you're here safe and uh, not soaking wet. So yeah. it's all uphill from, from right. that, right? Thank you. And this room is awesome. I like the vibe of this room. Yeah, it's cool, right? It's yeah. better than uh, – it used to be just all painted black. And okay. it just uh, – I don't know. It felt like cold and not cool and not uh, uh-huh. not musical. So uh, the warm. reclaimed pallet wood, which uh, had guitars shipped here on it, okay. uh, adds a good, uh, you know, good good vibe to the room. So, <laughs> cool. um, well, we'll um, we'll just kind of zip through a couple of quick things. Um, part of what we do with this podcast is we want to help inspire our customer base and inspire our students to keep playing and, and they're interested in, in your story and, uh, you know, kind of what, what insight that you can give to them and uh, help inspire them and, and uh, you know, help everybody continue to play guitar and, uh, and move forward in the world of music. So uh, real quick, I just want to ask you kind of what you're currently up to reading your bios and, and taking a, a look at what you do online. You're a super busy guy and you have a lot going on i try to stay busy <laughs> <laughs> you do a good job uh i've I, i've been playing music for i just playing guitar i think 46 years so uh there's lots of ups and downs in that and yeah. if there's one thing i can say to young people is if you're going to do it uh everyone should play music Absolutely. not everyone needs to play it as a profession and uh, I, yeah, because I definitely don't think it's a, it's a, it's the right thing for everybody. But playing music In brings general, joy and, great. It's, yeah. and it's uh, a de-stressor. Yep. Especially if you're not doing it for a profession. Yeah, then it can it's be fun a most of the time. Five minutes yeah. a day is great. <laughs> um, but uh, you have to do a lot of different things. I think uh, you should be able to do a lot of different things. I remember the first time I got uh, stuck after being on five labels in the early '90s, and um, not being able to do put another record out and didn't know where to where to go and I got I got some help and some friends uh talked me through and helped me out in recording a a, a record another record on my own without a label support and um in that process I learned how to record I learned how to record from the other side of the glass not okay. being the player and then in that uh, forced me to make decisions and work on my production skills. And before I knew it, I was producing other artists. And that soon became a separate career. Yeah. So now I kind of produce I uh, other artists. I work on my own stuff. Um, I do some things at colleges. I taught taught recording techniques. That all came out of that at a college for a year. Wow. Um, okay. I speak at different places now. Uh, so I do band gigs, still sideman gigs. Um, I do, uh, I do, uh, what do you call it? Beta testing and product stuff for different companies as well. Okay. So really, uh, it's all music and it's all fun. It's all things I, l- I love to do. Yeah. Um, but you find different ways to, to make it work, uh, so that when, uh, if my shows are not happening, I'm playing for somebody else. Right. If, uh, if, if there's no live stuff ha- happening, I'm producing someone stuff. or engineering or, uh, I haven't been in a studio as a sideman for someone else, um, uh, mainly since I started producing. I, I, and I stopped working for other producers and stuff like that, mostly. Okay. Uh, there's a few that, uh, that call me every now and then. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. All right, yeah, I'll do that, sure. Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely do that. <laughs> so I just played on uh, a friend of mine produced this guy, Tim Hicks. He's a, a big country artist in Canada. Okay. So I just played on 
Tim's new single and uh, what a song she'd do. And when they called me, I was like, really? Yeah, I'd love to do it. Tim's great. So you <laughs> That's know. awesome. Yeah, so, so constantly doing different things and, and having many irons in the fire is, yes. is really a good thing for any musician. And, and yeah. it helps you kind of break outside of your comfort zone and, and learn new things and new yeah. skills. And, and still uh, keep your eye focused on what you're trying to do, but you still have to do a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that seems to be a common theme amongst uh, professional musicians these days kind of thing. Um, tell me a little bit about your Nags guitar, kind of how we got hooked up with you is, uh, you know, being a, a Nags in Dorsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nags is a, a new line for us, and we're very pleased and proud to have it here at the store. Um, but th- tell me a little bit about what drew you to the company and, and kind of what your uh, kind of specific specs, you know, that uh, made you play this guitar over other guitars. Um uh, I I come here. I come to to Maryland uh, just about every year and do some stuff at Montgomery College Rockville campus. Okay. And um, I'm a fan of guitar. I'm a fan of music, yeah. but I'm also a fan of guitar. So I've been to a couple of guitar factories. Um, I like to watch out, see how how things are made a little bit, and because I can't do any of that. Yeah, me either. I am horrible. I know, yeah, me too. You know, I, people come and take soldering irons away from me. Yeah. I, I can destroy pickups in a pot in a or second. Or cut from the same mold. <laughs> Um, so I was here for a month, um, maybe five years ago, I think it was. And um, I, there's a couple of uh, guitar manufacturers here, and I wanted to take a, a tour of one. And I talked to a friend of mine who endorses uh, another company. And he's like, oh, they'll, they'll definitely open and give you a tour. And you know, they may try and talk talk to you about endorsements. And I was like, yeah, I'm not looking for an endorsement. I just want to see how guitars are made. Yeah, guitars are made. And then they wouldn't open the door. Wow. So uh, I was like, wow, okay, all right. And so he tried. He he, he was uh, bewildered. And I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I was just wanting to see how to get see the factory. And then I was like, wait, a friend of mine, Steve, has he endorses a new company. And to me, I think it was uh, the company was about five years old then, right? Maybe? Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing Steve, uh, my friend Steve Stevens, uh, in, some, in a couple of videos. And um, when talking about his new guitar, yeah, I was like, wait, guitar. they're in Maryland also. And I really didn't know much about the company. And I, I uh, contacted Steve, and he wrote me, uh, wrote me back right away a really nice email, and he wrote to, to Joe and, and Peter. And then I started looking on the internet and going, wow, this is going to be cool. I was got to see it, and it's an old, you know, it's, they're made high, really high-end guitars made in a, in a historic old factory. And um, oh, cool. I've yet to be to the factory, but uh, yeah, it's cool. Okay, it's cool. And uh, I went down to at the time they had some. Uh, well, I went down to to visit and s- spoke with uh, Joe Joe Nags for a while, and um, we had a really I, to me we had a really nice conversation and learned a lot. And uh, just his knowledge of guitar is great in general and in the history. And then he let me play pretty much every guitar that was finished <laughs> and you know i'm like going and well, i have, awesome, normally man. have a big necklace on and i'm like i'm trying not to scratch anything yeah because they're expensive they're <laughs> expensive guitars uh but what struck me was that every guitar i picked up was uh great now you can go to a lot of places and and pick up a lot of guitars and not all are going to be great some sure. are going to be good you're going to find some dogs sure. uh you, you might find one or two that's like wow this is amazing but they were all great and i was like all right this is a little different it's like you know something's I, going on here yeah, yeah. we're doing something right is yeah. there a special thing nope that's just the way they make the guitars and they looked amazing to start with but oh, to yeah. pick them up and 
you know, I've picked up some guitars that looked amazing and then they just didn't play good. But, yeah. And then they had a certain ring about them. And uh, I remember asking Joe about some of the some of the questions, like my guitar is some, somehow ringing C sharp, like all of my Severins ringing C sharp. Really? Yeah. They just they, when you play and then you hear that overtone, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. But uh, um, and and I got into like all right, so and then everything I read I've forgotten. So I'm asking, all right, what's the deal with the the same thing everybody does to me to go? All right, what's the deal with the bridge and his plate? And and I had just read about it, but you know, playing well, it just goes out of your mind. And yeah, yeah. so uh, he he explained some stuff to me about the plate, and and then um, we were talking about guitars, and I played some with the uh, with the humbucker here, which is normally what I would play a humbucker in the in the, in the bridge. bridge. Okay, but there's something for me. There's something about the way. The guitar resonates when that plate is on it. Okay. So that's uh, another reason why I haven't gone to a humbucker in the back. Yeah, because you me. want that plate. Yeah. I, I like the plate. The guitar acoustically, I like what and... the plate does. At least with all the guitars I played with the plate and without the plate, I'm like, hmm, there's something different, something special about that. Okay. Um, but anyway, we talked and uh, and um, I was playing with a southern, a southern uh, yeah, a band called Southern Fried Funk, a, uh, <laughs> okay. a band in the south that was a, a funk rock band, and um, we talked about uh, a Severin, and it was Joe's idea. I asked him about putting my logo in the uh, on the twelfth fret, and it was Joe's idea to put it long ways, which everyone thinks, why is there a plane or a fish on your guitar? And I go, what are you talking about? Like, you got to look at it that you. way. Yeah. So, uh, so it's become, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, and so in waiting for the Severin, I got a, uh, a Chenna. Okay. Which is, you know, the Severin is my guitar and I play it all the time and I love it. The Chenna, when I sit at home sometimes, I just kind of just play the Chenna. Okay. Just and and I've never really like uh I bond I when I bond with a guitar it has to be able to play go on the road and I care about it. I can't worry about dents and scratches. It, I need it to do what it needs to right. do. Right. It's a tool. Yeah. It, it, I need yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful tool. I yeah. need it, I need to be comfortable with it. Yeah. I can't go on stage and play like all delicate with it and stuff like that. And I've taken the Jenna when I first got it. It's it's been across the country a couple of times, and now I go and I go. Let me take the no, no. I'm gonna <laughs> I've never really felt that way about a guitar. I don't know what it is about it, but the, that Jenna was just you know like yeah, I'm just gonna leave this here. I will probably bring it back out on the road when I when I can watch it all the time. Yeah, yeah. When it's you can cool. just make sure it's safe. Yeah. And so, did you leave the factory with the guitar that day? No. Okay. No, no, no. They take a little bit more time to, to build. Okay. A little bit more time than a day. I would have. Um, uh, I probably would have gotten one in my hands because that's how I am. And, and it's like oh, I gotta have this. I, gotta I was have still this in. I, st- I was still blown away that uh, we had talked and and I, uh, you know, about me playing the guitar. Yeah. You know, I was happy. I was happy just to be there. I was happy to be there and see the factory, see how I made, and and play, spend a day playing some amazing guitars. Sure. And then and talking with Joe. Sure. So uh, that was like, wow, okay, all right, great. And then um, I got the Chenna, and it was it was absolutely great. And then when uh, I was up, I was tour, touring up in Seattle when uh, the Severin, came, my first Severin came. Okay. Um, and I remember opening the case and going, wow, that's great. This is and amazing. Yeah. It was an hour. We had to be. I had to be 
uh, almost an hour away. And tra- Seattle, and tra- Seattle traffic is a little special too. Uh, as bad as our traffic in the, in the rain? It's, yeah. it's, it's a little special. <laughs> uh, but it was an hour drive to this, this radio, talk radio show. Kind of like, you know, what we're doing here. Yeah. And um, so they had another guitar player on, another guest. And we, it was supposed to be split. And then when we got there, we started talking. He said, why don't you guys do it together? So we started doing it. And I took the guitar, and um, I pretty much played it that whole hour. So two hours, uh, <laughs> an hour after getting the guitar, I, was on, I played on a radio station for an hour with, uh, it? with wow. the guitar. And you couldn't play <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it felt like home. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about the rest of your rig. I, I see you use a Fractal. Uh, uh, I've been using a Fractal AX. Well, I've been using Fractal gear since 2007, 2008. And um, so I can travel light with the uh, AX8. Uh, I have one EV2 expression pedal. And then um, I've been using, because uh, I fly a lot. Yeah. So sometimes, um, I mean, this is a small rig. I can get the uh, the pedal and the, uh, and the AX8 pedal board into a laptop briefcase but when you're flying through different countries you you, you can't have anybody help you but uh, go through customs you and you carry can't it take all a yourself. car you gotta okay. carry it yourself so after a while it does get a little heavy so sometimes i check you know I, I i always like to get on the plane with one guitar and my rig yeah just in case just in case yeah. i have many times that stuff gets lost I, I i've shown up in italy in rome and uh my clothes that went to pittsburgh and oh. I, I never went to pittsburgh but the clothes went there <laughs> so i spent four days looking for uh clothes that would fit me in not in not in a big city too so and you're a pretty tall guy too so yeah, in, in small cities there was no glow it was just no i, I found underwear and socks <laughs> and you can't shirt. wear that on stage most no, gigs no. but i have my i have my my rig so i was happy about that uh and i've shown up to in a in a city in russia where uh the the nylon string guitar and the pedal board i was using the rack mount axe effects okay the uh the pedal board and the the nylon string guitar went to some of the city in russia and nobody could tell me where it showed up like five minutes before i went on stage wow and I was like, okay. So I'm sitting here going, I don't know how to change presets now. Uh, but all right, we'll do it. You're a pro. We'll You'll figure it, it out. Okay. I, had, I had a guitar I felt at home with. I had the sounds. I was. I just couldn't change them. You know, <laughs> but it worked. Um, but uh, so anyway, so I started carrying a small uh, – when I check it, I start carrying a small backup rig, which was – sometimes it's the uh, Tech 21 fly rig and uh, Eventide H9, which does a lot of stuff. Yeah. And um, – and then I was sitting in a hotel room going, wow, you know, I, I got this whole backup rig. Why, why don't I just start using it? So I start using the H9 in, in conjunction with the AX8. So it's part of my backup rig. It travels slightly different. Yeah. Backup's not a backup if it travels. Yeah. Yeah. Rig, yeah. So. Become, yeah. But, well, uh, it's uh, some of the sounds that you get. Uh, so since you uh, – we knew that you were coming. I've been mm-hmm. kind of watching your Facebook live oh, cool. and stuff, and, and some you. of the tones that you get and some of the stuff that you do, uh, it's awesome. I mean, it, it's, it's just uh, I'm really excited about seeing you play tonight. But uh, cool. you know, hearing it the starts, tone that you get from that, and, you got to start with a good guitar. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, especially on uh, on the Facebook live things. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Anyway, uh, people keep asking me about the tone and what are you using, and I'm going, you know. There's a lot of things involved with getting your sound. It starts with the pick. It starts with your hands. It starts with your mind. Tone is in the mind, too. Like yeah, you and to, how you play and, and how, how you, you play, mute strings. And, and, and the yeah. sound you're going for. Yeah. And, uh, and then a, a great guitar. Um, 
you know, there are some, and people, you know, I, I, I've, had, I've had some cheap guitars, like really cheap guitars, <laughs> and I have some friends that actually goes, well, you know, I get this guitar, it's great. I say, yeah, but go in a store that has 20 of those and play all of them. And see if they're all the same. Because well, you know, yeah. Because we've all had and that beach not. guitar that yeah. knock around. We never put it in the case. Yeah. And you drag around, yeah. and you go, "Wow, this guitar sounds amazing." And uh, the 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 difference that I've noticed is that um, the consistency. So you can take, you know, someone can make a cheap guitar, and they can make a hundred of them, and you can find one or two that are like, "Wow, they're amazing," and the rest are okay, and yeah. some are really horrible. Uh, when you go, when you get into nags. It's like, like I said, I, every guitar I played in the factory was amazing. Um, that's consistency thing. Yeah. They build guitars a certain way. And I got to say, probably, I, I shouldn't say 10 out of 10, but, I, but I, I, you know, I have no reason to doubt it's 10 out of 10. But let's say 9 out of 10 are, uh, are absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, I could believe that. I mean, just um, so before you came, uh, somehow Joe and I got to talking about uh, – um, builds and necks, and he says, "Well, yeah, um, you know, I start building necks and, and fretboards way before I start building the guitars because I want them to dry out mm-hmm. and I want them to cure. Yep. And you know, then then as I'm putting them together, like I'm putting them together uh, with the thought process of this neck is starting out straight mm-hmm. and it's going to go on the guitar and it's going to be straight and it's not going to move. And, and when it ships to wherever it's going, the only time you should have to adjust it is, uh, you know, with drastic season changes, you know, once or twice a year, just a little tweak of the truss rod and that's it. Yeah. And uh, just, just to hear that really speaks probably to the rest of the build process to, to think that far in advance. Like, this is how I'm going to do this. It's not the quickest way. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, he's not cutting out necks that day and throwing them on guitars and yep. sh- shipping them out. Yep. But uh, just when you hear stuff like that, it makes you think, well, wow, okay, I understand, like, why this guitar is the way it is, why it sounds the way that it does, why it stays in tune. So we've gotten a couple of Nags guitars. We're a fairly new Nags dealer and today's uh, the launch right yeah today's the launch of it yeah and welcome uh, to the family yeah thank you and we've gotten uh i think three guitars so far and they have all i open them up out of the box off the ups truck and i strum them and they're in tune and they sing yeah. like acoustically and it's not, not even just plugged because in. they're in the same state yeah uh, but, people have i've heard people say the same thing from across the uh, uh, you yeah. know across the country and, and, and out of the country yeah i mean some in, in ups and fedex and i'm not knocking them but this is just what they do because they don't have the same passion for the brown box that we do for the guitar mm-hmm. i mean they're throwing them on a conveyor belt they're in and out of the truck they throw you know what i mean mm-hmm. so to have them be perfectly in tune and sing like that is is awesome the first guitar that we got was a steve stevens uh purple sparkle oh yes and and, uh, That's stunning. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and so we, we filmed a quick video for it. And I was always a humongous Steve Stevens fan. I can't play as good as him. I wish I could, but, uh, you know, who can? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I just plugged it into an inexpensive uh, tube amp mm-hmm. and mic'd it with a 57. And it sounded amazing. I mean, it was so good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it all, it all goes into that build quality and, and the time that's taken and, and kind of, sure. you know. That extra effort. Yeah. They put the uh, that extra bit of love into it. And um, and we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, it's a, you, you know, it, it, makes a, it makes a difference. And that's why, the, that's why the guitars are so consistently great. So are you a gear collector? Do you have other gear in your studio or anything that you love? Do you collect guitars or pedals I or amps or anything? really small – well, after playing for a long time, you end up with stuff. Yeah, you sure. You just end up yeah. with stuff. Um, 
and the stuff that I had that I or I had access to that I wish I had kept. Um, like I, when I toured with Billy Squire in 1991, Billy had like this amazing collection of vintage guitars, and I wasn't into vintage guitars. Then. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's cute. That's yeah, nice. whatever. Yeah. Like, I wish I was into vintage guitars then. Um, I have a few things I've gotten into lately. Uh, I was born in 1964, so I've collected. I've um, gotten into collecting a, a few things. Nothing major, major and stuff like that that are from 1964. Okay. Um, the uh, the dilemma with me always is I have a couple of really cool old guitars, and they're they go up in value and stuff like that. But the ones that I play are actually more valuable than the than vintage those, the older the vintage ones. Yeah, yeah, they're more valuable in lots of ways, yeah. and especially in. Uh, for me, yeah. Um, what's cool about this? Like, I don't know if, if Joe's told you this, but he calls this like the, or I, you know, we dubbed it like the modern vintage. Okay. Like, because uh, it's, it's like a strat, but it's it's everything that should be right on a strat. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And um, it's a 2019 strat. It's what you've learned in all those years of of yeah. you know building and, and craftsmanship. And just yeah, a little extra stuff, and. Um, so these guitars, people go, do you, you use a tremolo, right? And I, I go, yeah. And they go, how does it stay in tune? I said, it stays in tune great. You've been watching me. I tuned mm. at the beginning of the night. Uh, these strings are a little old, so it might might slip a little bit, but it should be fine. Yeah. I played last night uh, without any issues. Okay. Um, but I use a tremolo all the time, and uh, the guitar stays in tune. You know, it's got locking tuners, but it doesn't have, like, a big fancy Floyd Rose. Yeah, or sure. Like that, which, they, those work and stuff there, too, but... Uh, there haven't been my thing for a while. Um, just, there's so many little details. The necking, the 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 uh, the, the neck heel, um, the fretboard radius. Uh, the fretboard radius, I believe, is eight point two five on the Severin. Okay. And um, so I come from, you know, after endorsing another company for twenty six years. I come from really flat fingerboards, okay. except my the vintage guitars that I you know sometimes yeah, that have use a radius. On. Yeah, yeah, so I would use those on some of the records I produce, and um, but the eight point two five felt at home. Okay, really at home. And actually, I have to remind myself to to, to use some of the vintage guitars for the coolness factor when I'm producing, <laughs> because these are so in tune. I have yeah. a, another friend of mine. He's got a nice collection of guitars, and every place my guitars, my nags. He's like, "What's up with these guitars?" He goes, "They just are in. They're in." Yeah. And I go, "You should get one." He goes, "Yeah, I got to get one." And then I see him like a few months later. And he goes. I, did you get one? He goes, no, I haven't got one yet. And he plays mine. He goes, I should get one of these. But, we'll send them our way. We'll, 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 I will. We'll take care of them. I will. <laughs> so what are you currently listening to these days? Like what would you listen to in the car and stuck in traffic on the way here? Oh, I listen to a lot of stuff because um, I produce a lot of different types of music. So I was actually listening to uh, a friend of mine, Zach Friedhoff. Uh, he's uh, humanitarian of the year two years in a row in Akron, Ohio, and a wow. great singer-songwriter, really wonderful human being. Uh, I was listening to some Ed Sheeran. I was listening to some Prince. I was listening to uh, uh, Andy Timmons. Um, Andy Timmons is a phenomenal guitar player. One of my favorite guitar yeah, players. Mine too. I was listening to his uh, Beatles record. Okay, yeah. And because um, I had just seen a video with Andy, we're both uh, teaching at Vi Academy 5.0. Oh, cool. In, uh, this year, July 29th through August 2nd. Okay. And um, so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me listen to some Andy Timmons. 
So that was that was always great to listen to Andy Timmons. Yeah, he he's always such a, a great player and uh, so versatile. And and even so, I first found out about Andy Timmons uh, back when I was coming up and learning guitar when he was in Danger Danger. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the, some of the guitar playing on those first two albums was so good. Yeah, I mean, if you take out like, I mean, now it's hard to listen to because the music has changed and like the gang vocals like that, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you can't drive, you can't pull up to a stoplight with the windows down, blasting like bang, bang anymore or anything. You can, but people look at you <laughs> yeah. funny. But, yeah. uh, but if you listen to the guitar playing in there, I mean, it's awesome. And there's, you know, there's little jazz stuff in there. There's some fusion stuff in there. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so versatile. Check him out on Simon Phillips Records and because uh, he played with Simon Phillips for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, Andy's just one of my, Andy's probably one of my, top two living guitar players that I, 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 I love. Yeah. No, he's a great person too. Yeah. Yeah. I've met him a couple of times at mm-hmm. NAM shows over the years and he's always been really nice and, and humble. And, uh, I, I think we're, uh, hoping to do an event with him this year too. So cool. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I was going to ask you about playing with Steve Vai too. Tell me about that. Uh, I've known both those guys. I know Andy since the eighties. Um, and I, you know, obviously was aware of Steve because I'm from New York originally, Brooklyn and Queens, Far okay. Queens, where Steve Stevens is from. Um, but uh, Vi was the, 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 you know, Steve Stevens was the local hero. Um, Steve Vi, another section of that was like he had gone and played with Zappa. And, then yeah. he, you know, he was like the, 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 the most oddest, incredible guitar player from Long Island, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I've been to... Both of those guys, and then when I was working with a uh, Ibanez guitars for a long time, um, and just to clear up something, I didn't leave Ibanez guitars for next. I um, I turned fifty, or was about to turn fifty, and I wanted to play some of my vintage guitars live. Yeah, and uh, so I talked with them, and and uh, that's where we were. And then in that process, within two years, I've you discovered, discovered next. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I had known Steve Vai from those days, and I had gone over the last, uh, I'd say, almost 10 years probably, gotten a l- maybe, maybe almost 10 years, gotten a little closer, and um, gone to see him play a couple of times, a bunch of times, and um, and I was there. I know Thomas is tech, and I was there staying yeah, on stage. Thomas and Thomas Norton. Yeah. yeah. At Soundcheck one day, Steve goes, why don't you play? I'm like, uh... uh I don't know how to play. Here you go. <laughs> it's one thing. I had played with him once before uh, for in Japan, and it was a bunch of... It was Andy Timmons, Marty Friedman, Paul Gilbert, oh, that's Steve awesome. Vai, and myself. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that, you know, when you think, oh, cool, I'd love to play with Steve Vai next to Steve Vai and stuff like that. It's a little harder than you think. Yeah. It, it really no is. No kidding. So yeah. on that stage, it was just like, you know, everybody's playing, that takes a solo. Also, it was a little nerve-wracking because we had three drummers, and Simon Phillips was, Phillips was one of the drummers. Wow. And um, we were playing, and it was a little crazy and stuff. And I remember that I always try and find the funk in everything. There's okay. got to be, I don't care if you're playing death metal, there's a funky part of that. That's, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, heads wouldn't be bopping. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> So I'm trying to find it. Everybody's kind of playing a rhythm all over the place and stuff like that. And somebody's so you can't hear anything. And um, so Simon was the first person to pull. He goes, all right, hold on. He goes, nobody play any rhythm. Just do your solo and then the next person, except Larry. And I'm like, what? 
Yeah. <laughs> so now I, I have to lock in with Simon, but also every time the guitar player changed, we changed drummers. Oh. So and every drummer has a different wow center point of where the funk is. So I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta really lock in. You know, yeah. you know Simon Phillips says I'm the only one playing rhythm. So, so that was funny. Uh, and then. I'm trying to hold the rhythm together, and you know, Andy Tem is one of my favorite guitars. Takes a solo, and he kind of goes, wow, that was great. I'm playing. Marty plays, and he's cool. And Paul Gilbert just is an, on another planet. Yeah. And then Steve Vai takes a solo, and you go, wow, that was. Oh, I'm next. Okay. <laughs> yeah, after Steve Vai. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just got more insane and more insane. And at some point, you know, I'm like, these guys have all been doing their thing. Well, you know, and, and Andy played with Olivia and John. And uh, I think Marty played with some uh, a couple of Japanese big pop stars, but yeah. they've still been doing their thing for thirty plus years. Yeah. I had not. <laughs> I did my my thing, and then I was a sideman for a lot, and then uh, you know, then I got into production and stuff, and uh, slowly got back into doing my thing. And it's just like, whoa! I need to change things up, and it was cool. And also, every time I took a solo, Steve was yelling encouraging things, but it's still unnerving. Yeah, because it's Steve Vai, like yeah, yelling right something next to in your yelling. ear. Yeah, and um, but it was fun. So That's then, awesome. when Steve asked me to, to to sit in at that 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 show uh, a few years ago, I was like, okay. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. What was it like the last time? Okay, but it's been great. And every time I jam with Steve, we have we have a lot of fun. I have some amazing emails from him the day after, uh, several emails the day after we would jam. Oh, that's and, really uh, nice. That's it, cool. That's super encouraging. And like, you it's know, great. That's, I, I'm blown away every time I get one. So that's awesome, yeah. man. Not many people can say that they have Steve Vai emailing them. Uh, after they've jammed, they're, that's they're really cool. Amazing emails. Yeah. I actually am going to frame a couple and put them in my. You totally should put them in your yeah. studio. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do you still get pre-show jitters at all? Ever? Nope, not at all. Uh, I don't. No, uh, as long as I feel comfortable, my, as long as my hands work. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. It'll it will be what it what it will be. <laughs> that's a very zen-like attitude. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as musicians, we've all had uh, embarrassing gear failures or problems on stage uh-huh. give me your most embarrassing situation that Ooh. you had to get through i had to get through i don't know if there's any gear real gear i will tell you a funny story i used to have two techs <laughs> one of them uh back in the late 80s and early 90s one of them jimmy is no longer with us but uh and the other one's artist relations for a big company <laughs> and and uh, they were born two days apart. Okay. They didn't know each other until, you know, you know, they were, everybody was in, I think, high school, maybe after high school. Or maybe high school. Um, and they were absolutely opposites. And uh, I had to learn how to, how to not react and react. Um, back in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, Larry Harkey is a friend of mine. He would bring down. We played, and we're to, just talking about this because it's the 30th anniversary of my first record. Okay. Larry would bring down 33 cabinets. Oh, and wow. Harkey cabinets in the 80s and the early 90s were really expensive. So yeah. I had guitar cabinets. I used to play with at least nine 412 cabinets on my side of the stage. Oh. Guitar. And then there were bass cabinets, and then there were some guitar cabinets on the other side I of the stage. I wonder if you can still hear it all. Well, they weren't necessarily loud, but they were all on. He wouldn't bring them if they were just not on. So they okay. would be racks of power amps, and they would be stereo. 
stereo, stereo, stereo. Wow. And it's, after a while, you lose the stereo because you're listening to but, everything. Yeah. But um, and then I had like a big rack with you know all preamps and uh, you know TC equipment, twenty two ninety, even tied. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and a Bradshaw rig. Okay. Yep. Need that. And so Jimmy would be Jimmy would come up to me. He goes, Hey, man. You know how like I'll take out your blue guitar and um, <laughs> and I'll plug it in and I'll and he was just into jazz and he goes and I'll play like a minor nine sharp eleven flat K whatever <laughs> and and then I'll volume so I'll put on patch like eleven and I'll volume swell in with all the delay and reverb and it'll sound really cool I'm like yeah and he goes. Yeah, it's not doing that. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wow, okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just, I'm not getting any sound at all. <laughs> uh-huh. like, like, well, did you check this? He goes, yeah. I'm like, all right, Jimmy, I'll be out in a second. Uh-huh. Now, as bad as that is, it was not as, is not so bad because my other friend, Ira, uh, who was my tech, would come and he goes, Five minutes before we go and go, dude, you got to stop the show. You got to, you just got to like, hang on. You got to tell them to delay the show. You got to, I don't know what you got to do, but the rig's not working. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? He goes, it's just not working. It's like, all right, Ira, what? He goes, no, 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 you don't understand. You, you know, stop it's got to be show. delayed. We got to back it up. And, you know, you got to back up this. You got to, I'm like, Ira, he goes, I was like, you can't do that to me right before show. Yeah, yeah. So the two, and, the, you know, I didn't have text for like one for, it was like whoever was around. Okay. They would alternate. Oh, boy. Okay. So one show would be, hey, man, the rig's just not working. And smiling, like, it's no big deal. And the other and guy's he, like, oh, my God, stop everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, all right, okay. So, you know, I, I learned to, to maneuver through that. <laughs> they're both really great guys. And like I said, they're born two days apart, but, you know. Total, totally different personalities. Totally they must have yeah, hit, hit different And they were roommates. Uh, they both went to GIT at the same time, so they were roommates at those times. <laughs> I would have loved to have been in, in yeah. around then. Like a reality TV show of that room. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. It's like, it's okay, man. Yeah. <laughs> so gear gear stuff, I can't. Not too many failures. Well, you're lucky if it's yeah, if it's I taking can't. you that. In my life, I've had a lot of weird, embarrassing scenarios. I've been embarrassed, but they didn't involve gear. Yeah. <laughs> I have food allergies. Yeah, oh, One time I left the show... I left the stage during a drum solo, and I didn't make it back. Oh. I ended the, sto- the show on a drum solo. Wow. I have food allergies. Lots of food allergies. Okay. Yeah. I think that happened with Stu Ham, too. Wow. Ate before the show, and it was not good. <laughs> um, what's your practice routine like? Interesting. That's what I've been uh, I've been doing a master class at Montgomery College, and we've been talking about that. Um when I was younger, I used to play all the time. I would practice. Uh, I would practice. I would play guitar six, seven, eight hours a day. Sure. I'd find a way to do that, and we, even with school. Um, and a lot of that, especially in the beginning, was practicing, like working. A... Sure, sequences and scales, and uh, so I worked on things even when I wasn't aware of like working on soloing and stuff. Because the first five years, I didn't know what a solo was. I was just all rhythm guitar playing okay. in bands and. I was in a band. We had a lead guitar player, and uh, he didn't show up for a while. And they said, "You solo?" And I was like, "I don't know what soloing is." <laughs> and she played scales. <laughs> but um, I don't know if I practice anymore. I play. Okay. Um, it's important. I, I learned a long time ago. It's important to 
to play. I'll practice when I have something specific I have to work on. Okay. Um, if I'm if I produce something and I have to remember how to play something for a song, uh, for a show that's coming up, or you know, or uh, roaming through Instagram now, there's some amazing playing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I just got an Instagram like two weeks ago specifically for that, and like some of the stuff you see, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. So I'm like, I want to, I want to learn that, and yeah. then I don't know if I would have graduated high school if I, if YouTube was around when I was in high school. So you, anything you want to learn, you can. It's just right go, there. You, you yeah, just gotta surf for it. Yeah. Um, so I'll work on that if I'm practice, you know, I'll practice if I'm working on something like that, but I'll play every day. Okay. And, um, if, what I've been working on with students is if you, if you just practice when you get on stage, uh, or in, or for recording or you're in the spotlight, you're going to regurgitate, regurgitate what you've been practicing. Okay, and it may sound like you're practicing right. in a in a situation where you shouldn't be practicing. But uh, I used to practice things until I got them just to a point where we're comfortable, and then I had to apply them. Yeah, I had to play, and you have to make music. The end result is music, not not practice scale, right? Not practice. You practice so that you have the ability um, to. To deliver what you want, it would be like if you, you know, someone read textbooks all the time, and when they spoke, they only spoke in textbook, textbook language. Yeah, yeah. you have to translate that into real to be world. Able to communicate, yeah, yeah okay. real world situations. Okay, so you read a textbook, and then you work on something, and then you figure out how to express and how to get share that information with somebody that's maybe that maybe not read textbooks. Right. So. Um, so yeah, it was always important for me to back then to practice and then to play. And I used to divide that time up. Now it's more pretty much I play and I do a lot of different things. So I like I have to make sure I play every day. I'm older. So I have to I, I actually had a long conversation with Steve Vai about this a while ago and uh, Steve warms up at concert volume. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> at least a few times I've seen him. He's warming up at concert volume. Um uh but we were talking about how we did not have to warm up. Back in those days when I had to text Jimmy and Ira, I, I could walk in off a cold New York City street and grab the guitar and, and just play. Ready to play. I didn't warm up. Yeah. And um, uh, I remember, like, in the practice things, you do things for, you know, do for things for all kinds of weird technical reasons. Like, I, my challenge then was to be able to pick everything I can play and then, and then not pick everything, kind of hammer on and okay. stuff like that. Okay, legato stuff. Like, and yeah. that comes to, I do that now, but not trying to do it to show off. I do it uh, in soloing. It's like communicating. And um, we don't talk like this the whole time, so why are we picking yeah. the whole? So uh, you want to communicate and express yourself if I want to stress something, I might slow the conversation down. Okay. Or if I want to really stress something, I might speed it up and go, you know, look at that spider over there. Yeah. Yeah, but I could go, no, no. <laughs> or I could go, look at the spider over there. Or I can go, look at that spider over there. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Three different ways means three different things. Yeah. Okay. So when playing, you work on all those little techniques and bending and pinch harmonics and uh, sliding to a note, yeah. sliding this way to a note, sliding that way to a note, um, uh, 
picking hard, not picking hard, picking soft, the, your dynamics. You work on all of those things. You practice all those things for a while to not have to think about it so that you can get out what you want to communicate, how you want to communicate. Yeah. And um, so I play more now and make sure that, I, you know, so those things come out in a natural form instead of like, oh, I got to like play you're playing with the metronome. Now, and, and, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. But if I, you know, if I get a gig, I have to work on something. Then Obviously, I'll, you got to spend some time. Yeah, <laughs> we're looking the, at the doing, tunes or something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at doing a, a 30th anniversary of my first record. So uh, I still play four of those songs. I've been, I never stopped playing four of those songs. Or I, three of those songs. Two of those songs, I never stopped playing. Two more I've recently added uh, in the last few years. There's a couple of songs that, like, yeah, it was... 25 when I wrote those, and wow. they are specifically too fast. Yeah. They, are, they are like, oh, let me show you what I can do. And I'm like, I am not in that space right now. But if we do this, if we do uh, those shows next year, I'm going to like, I, I will have to You'll have to, to go practice. back and, and yeah, practice those and relearn them. Yeah. I was, sometimes I was like, why did I do this? What? what <laughs> it was what, a different mindset. What you were, was your the goals were reason different. for putting yeah. this lick in here right now? Why? <laughs> why? To challenge your future why? self thirty years later. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> so. Well, you've been a real pleasure to talk to and to, and to get to know, and, and we're really happy to, to have you here. Um, is there any uh, insight that you could leave our listeners with, or, or words of wisdom that you'd have? Uh, just play music because you love it. Just, I mean, if you're uh, if you're new to playing music, playing guitar or something like that, just really embrace it and enjoy it. Don't stress out over it. Um, enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. Yeah. Enjoy the learning part. Enjoy the playing. Music should be fun and a part of everyone's life somehow. And if you stop playing and you used to play, or, or if you play and you're feeling like, well, you know... I got to go do this gig or I would like to have a gig. You know, if you're not feeling super great about it, just think about being when you first started, when you first got a guitar and you'd open that case and, uh, and you're like, wow, that's how I feel when I, when I pull out one of my nags. You <laughs> open the case and you kind of go, well, that's mine. Yeah. Wow. And you get to fall back in love with the instrument for all the right reasons. Play. Um, not because like oh I got to go do this rehearsal with this singer or bass player or I got to do this gig. If it's really that bad, don't do the gig. Yeah, you know it's not meant to be. It's yeah, not don't meant force to be. It. Yeah, just play. And if you're not happy with your, your guitarist, then come down to Island Music Company. Yeah, because we try and nag. Yeah, <laughs> when you see it, you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when I put my guitars out, people go, what's that? Oh yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, the, the guitars, look at the little purple sparkle. Look yeah. at that. Oh, look at this one. Yeah. They're beautiful. I, I mean, they're like, they're like pieces of I don't like want to start with of, that because I'm art. into stones. I'm into like, you know. Oh, my, yeah. Yeah, my stone broke, but um, but I'm into stones. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, no, they're, they're beautiful instruments. We're very excited. Well, cool. Again, thank you very much sure. for taking the time, and I look forward to seeing you play up close and personal. And, thank you. Uh, you know, keep up with the Facebook Live videos. It's it's awesome to I see. Will. And I uh, do it every Tuesday night at nine o'clock uh, Eastern time. The only time it gets a little funky is if I'm in Europe, because then that's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and you don't want to set your alarm to wake up. Well, that, I can't. So. Do it in any hotel room, and yeah. I can't do it in anybody's house <laughs> at three o'clock. Hey, I'm just going to do an hour of. <laughs> yeah, just, you know. Might be your last visit. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, cool. Thank you again, and uh, 
Awesome. Thank you. For-